Good morning, church. How are y'all today? Ooh, that's loud. Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. Amen. I hope this is a talkative church. Um, I don't like quiet churches because, you know, this is the Lord's house, and I think he loves a joyful um, saint. He loves his kids to sing and praise. And so I love, love, love when y'all talk to me. So I am super honored. Thank you, Nita, for that humble um, introduction. Pastor Rob and I have become friends through the Logan County Faith Coalition, which I'm the director of, um, for a little time longer. But just it's amazing to be in the community in Logan County and to be able to meet so many great people. And some of you I know, some of you I've seen. I'm terrible with names. So if I see you at Walmart next week and you're like, hi, and I'm like, hi, I know I should know your name, but I don't. But um, I, I'm just glad to be here. And Pastor Rob said, you know, doing this series on this is my story and don't we all have a story don't we all have a story and it is not for us to keep quiet because that is where the Lord uses us the greatest did you know church that you may be the only Jesus that someone will ever see did you know that church you may be the only Jesus that somebody will ever see you may be the only person praying for someone's eternity today I remember there was a time in my life that I didn't like the person didn't want the person and God said you know you're the only person playing praying for them to go to heaven Shannon I was like well that changes things <laughs> Well, it's here that I am going to try to share my story as briefly as possible because it is a long one and it's a sleepy Sunday and I know many of you have been at the fair and we're just tired, are we not? We are tired. I am tired. I'm getting ready to go into um, a huge week for myself. Anybody here going to the Enough Conference on Friday night? If you have, don't have tickets, please come get one. If you don't and you need one, I will leave one at the front for you. It is our annual conference, uh, women's conference. It's Friday um, at the Bell Fountain First Church of God. Doors open at 5. There's food, vendors, fun time. But at 7, the event starts, and we worship. We bring the house down. So ladies, gals, uh, young gals, too, bring your friends. It's a great girls' night out. But I am, first of all, a wife, a mother, a Mimi of six beautiful, beautiful, beautiful grandbabies, um, five boys, and we finally got the bow on our family. Miss Dixie Montana came to us this February. She's a beautiful little thing, but um, worked for Bell Fountain City Schools for 20 years as the truancy officer. I'm the one they all love to hate, right, Darcy? <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. Um, but I'm also, like I said, the director of Logan County Faith Coalition, and I head up Journey Living Ministries. But most, first and foremost, I am the daughter of the king, the king. And um, I haven't always felt like that. I haven't always felt like I was worthy to be able to say, I'm his girl. So it's here I just want to share my own story. And many of you maybe have followed our own cancer journey. And as I hear PET scans, Chuck, and I hear scans for my daddy to not have new cancer, I know exactly how you feel. It is a long and arduous journey. My husband and I, just about five years ago this month, were scuba diving in Mexico with no idea, no idea. There was a football-sized mass in his kidney and in his body growing. Fast forward a few quick months to November, he got up, went to the bathroom in the morning and there was blood and it catapulted us into a journey 
of stage four renal cell carcinoma that was like throwing a grenade into your life. Those of you who have um, experienced the cancer journey know one day you're fine and the next all hell breaks loose. Is that not true? Amen. Let's be real. Amen. And all the faith that you have in the world can be shaken to the core of whether you know you're going to live or die. Whether you're going to bury your husband and their children will not have a father. How will you make it on your own as a young widow? All those questions, God, I know you're a good God, but, but God. But he has sustained us on that journey, that incredible journey. And my husband sits here today in this church, cancer-free. Hell, yep. Just that recent good news. And I want to tell you, the only reason that man is here today, and I, and I do not church this up, is for prayer. I believe almost nearly every church in Logan County and in other states prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed that cancer right out of him. So I want to encourage those of you who are going through cancer, facing cancer, or, or any of life's traumas and crisis, prayer. Prayer works. Prayer is the weakest part of my life. I have to admit that. I've not been a huge prayer warrior until this. And sometimes, isn't it just like God to allow something into your life? to grow you up, to raise you up, and to be the very thing that you lack the most. Don't be afraid of those things that God may allow into your life, into your own story, to think, God, what are you doing? It may become the greatest blessing of all time if you allow it. And I teach this all the time in Bible study and women's ministry and on social media. Here, here's, here's just something I want you to take away. I'm going to give you a few nuggets today. You can either be pitiful or you can be powerful, but you will choose. Amen? Pitiful or powerful in any state. It was a time in my own time that everybody said, Shannon, especially my girls, we got to the point, Scott was so sick, they're like, you've got to shut the ministry down. And I could have, please, Lord, let me shut it down. And everyone would have given me a pass, would they not? My husband was dying. We were, we were hanging on by a thread, some of the worst times of our life. And this is what I prayed, Lord, if it's your will, please let me stop ministering. And he said, Shannon, at no time did Paul ever quit teaching or preaching the gospel when he was shipwrecked, beaten, or put in prison. And I said, that's it? Like, that's all? Lord. <laughs> and it was silent. Did anybody here ever hear God speak something and you're like, could I hear that one more time? Are you sure that's what you said? Because I'm just not sure I heard all of that. And it's deafening silence. And I knew then God was calling me to a deeper level with him in a higher playing field. And in that, when he first started this journey, he gave me the, the verses in Isaiah 43 that says, watch and see, I'm about to do a new thing, a new thing, right in the middle of the badlands, in the wasteland. It was bad. But what my perception of him doing something new in his perception was totally different. It was there that he stripped me down to the core. Every part of Shannon had to leave. Because less of me is more of him. Right, church? 
That's right. And even when we think, oh God, I can't take much longer. It's these songs today, leaning on his promises that got me through. Church, if you're not in the Bible, I cannot help you. We are in the last of the last days. You cannot do the prayer or the verse on Facebook and call it good today. You have got to delve into the word of God. If you don't understand it, there's many, many versions out there. We are not without excuse anymore. There are hundreds of versions on this little black box. Find one, get one. It will speak to you. I'm a terrible learner. I have, I have to learn audibly to read something. I have terrible reading comprehension skills. I could have said, I can't understand those things. I found a way. When, cry, when cancer dons the doors of your, your front door, you're going to need something more than Facebook message. You're going to need more than a three and a half minute YouTube sermon. You're going to have to go to the depths of your soul with the Lord to carry you through. And those promises are the only thing that's ever carried me through in my story. My story starts way back when I was four years old and my dad left our home for another woman, which started me off on a catastrophic life that I put before you here today. It started with my mom marrying another man 28 days later after she married him, full of abuse. We had the most dysfunctional family. We forgot to put the fun in dysfunction. I know none of you here have any kind of dysfunctional family, so I'm probably talking to the crickets. But for anybody that might have a little bit of dysfunction in your family today, God knows what you're in. And he sees you from the start to the beginning. To the end, excuse me, from the beginning to the end. God saw me way back then, way, way, way back then. When my life was totally out of control, my family's life was out of control. And all hell broke loose in all of our family. There were five girls put together. The east side met the west side. And that was a fun collision. (laughs) Five girls. (laughs) Yeah, wow all left by the age of 16. I'll just not share you all the fun details, but no one stayed. I lived on my own as a 17-year-old girl in Delray Beach, Florida, by myself. My mother lived in Ohio. I'll tell you that story someday. How does a 17-year-old girl, senior, I work with those girls, how do you make it on your own? Only, only, only by the grace of God, I know he had his hand on me. Did I make good choices? Absolutely not. Did you make good choices at 17 years old? But God had the plan. Jeremiah 29, 11 has always been my life verse and continues to be my ministry verse. And it will be because it says, I have the plans. I know the plans. They're not to harm you, but to prosper you and to give you life. Well, what about when my, I screw my own plan up? 
I just want to tell somebody today, and this wasn't part of my message. My notes never are, so they don't even apply anymore because the Holy Spirit just takes over. Nita and I were just talking about this. We can plan and plan, but when the Holy Spirit's here with you and he just says, now I'll do my thing and you just be the vessel, it's for somebody here today that feels like maybe you have screwed your plan up so bad and you've screwed up God's plan so bad for your life that you're like, I can't, I can't even recoup that. Let me just let you have off the hook. You are not that great. God's plan is so much greater. I struggled with that. I could not think that, oh, God, if I screw up plan A, I'm just out. No, he's like, Shannon, I've got your plan. I've given you those desires in your heart. Where do those come from? Those come from the Lord. The desire to speak and help and, and minister to people has never left me no matter what I've gone through. Even if I've tried to run from it, God says, no, 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 I have the plan. I've just used all those things along the way to bring you right in line with what I have for you. Allow these things to be the very things that will allow you to minister to the hurting people. Isn't that what Jesus did, church? He ministered to those who were hurting. One of my favorite, favorite pastors of all time is in Jacksonville, Florida. It's called Church 1122, Joby Martin. Maybe some of you know him. I love what he says about the grace train. He says, if you have not been over by, run over by the grace train, you haven't seen Jesus yet. Has anybody in here been run over by the grace train that somehow you are different because you've seen Jesus? Because if you haven't, if you're not bleeding out somewhere, if you're not bruised and you're not broken, I got a question. Have you really met him? Because Jesus, when he gets a hold of you, he will transform you inside out. You do not get to continue to sit in your pew week after week for 52 weeks out of the year, sing three songs, say amen, put your money in the basket and go home and things never change. Amen? Yeah, thank you. Listen, if the Lord got a hold of you, you are broken, bruised, and bleeding. And not because he beat you up, but because the world has broke, beaten you up. And the Lord has come to save you and pour his grace all over you. You are a walking human being now that looks completely different from what you used to. Yeah, praise Jesus. If you're not, check. Do a heart check. Because just because you're here does not warrant you a trip to heaven, ever, never. I was raised in the womb of my mother from church. My mama sat on that piano. I was watching you play over here, and I thought, that was my mama years ago. I was raised from her womb all the way till now in the church. But it was not until just a few years ago. Now, let me tell you, I've been speaking for over 20 years. It was not until over about just a couple years ago that the Lord has gotten a hold of me and said, Shannon, are you ready to surrender yourself, yourself to me? Because isn't it true, church, that sometimes that we, we know the, the, the commandment, have no other gods before me? Well, this little G is the biggest one of all. And the world helps us continue to be that great little G because of our 
iPhones, iPads, iWatches, all of our iness. What does the world focus on? Me. Of course I'm God. I know what I want, what I should do, where I should take my children, what job I should have, who I should marry. Isn't it all of our decisions? wonder what our lives would look like if we would have checked with God first and not made it all about me. But it was just a few short years ago when the Lord just wrecked my life and said, Shannon, do you want to live for me or do you just want to pretend? Because we can do church all day long. But you will be the only Jesus that someone sees. I want to ask you this question today. How do you look? How much of Christ do you look like to the rest of the world? We've had a huge political outcry for Roe versus Wade, and I'm not getting on that, but I, I, just, I just know this. I don't want to be the woman standing at the front saying, you're going to die and burn in hell because you killed your baby. I want to be the one who's on the backside of the abortion clinic loving her after she comes out. Because none of us can stand clear of judgment of our sin, abortion, adultery, fornication, gossip in the church, dissension, stirring the pot up in the church. No different. No different. Church, we got to get over our self-righteousness and start loving on the world because this world is so close to coming to an end. Listen, I'm going to ask you a question, and this is kind of silly, and I know you're all going to laugh with me. If, you're, if your neighbor's house, and let's just say she, this gal, crack addict, prostitute, kids, men in and out, uh, law enforcement there all the time, and her house catches on fire, what are you going to do? You're going to call a prayer meeting? How about we build a three-point sermon? I would hope you would run in and save that woman and her children, regardless of her life. Because all of us were just like her. All of us are like her. Just by the grace of God, he has saved our soul. I've done prison ministry, and the women out there, I love the heroin addict woman in the jail cell. Love her. You know why? Because she's real. I could tell my story to her. And she's like, really? I said, oh, yeah. I've done a few things that could have warranted me a trip in here. I went, this is a facade. We can church it up, praise it up, color it up. But you know who you can't fake out? That's right. He's looking here. He's looking right here at your heart. You may be a church leader here today, but you're so angry and bitter at somebody in your church, in your home. He's like, I don't care about all this. I care about this. Church, this is a heart check for us today. If our neighbor's house was on fire, would you let them burn to the ground? 
Of course you would not. You would run in. You would call somebody. You would do everything in your power to help them, regardless of their state of being. Well, if you hear nothing else today, your neighbors, your kids, your spouses, your coworkers are on fire. What will you do on the day when, when Jesus comes back and they're looking at you and going, why didn't you tell me? We've worked together all this time and you didn't tell me this was coming? Are you letting your kids go and live and be a part of society because it's so hard to parent today? It's brutally hard to parent today. But is that really going to be the excuse we give? Oh, it was hard. It made me uncomfortable. Well, church, everything's uncomfortable right now. The pendulum is not swinging back. We have buried normal, right? Normal is over. Stop looking for it. It sailed. It took flight. It's gone. Over. Nita and I were just talking about how convenient it is to sit at home now in our pajamas and eat donuts for church. I've been guilty. I've been able to use the cancer excuse. And you get in that pattern. And let me tell you, Satan is lulling us Christians to sleep. He's just doing this. Just keep on sleeping. You're doing good. Stay in all your comfort. Don't get excited. He may not get you in your sin, but he will definitely get you in your comfort zone. Don't rock the boat. Don't say anything. I'm not asking you to go out there and be one of these hateful Christians that have these signs. Please don't do that. We don't need anybody desecrating the name of Jesus. Please don't do that. Jesus would love the women. He did love the women. He loved the drug dealer. He loved the tax collector is our modern day drug dealer. He he had lunch and dinner with them. Did you know that? Today in Romans 15, I want to share this with you. This is what I've been teaching and preaching across our county. It's found in the message version, and it says this. Those of you who are strong and able in faith need to step in. Circle that word, need to step in. If you have your phones, pull out your, mes- your phones, at the Bible version. It's the message. It's a paraphrase. I don't teach from it all the time, but I think this is just right on of what Jesus would be doing. We need to step in and lend a hand to those who falter. The whole world is faltering. And not just do what is most convenient for you. Don't do what is most convenient for you. Those of you who have a heart to serve, (coughs) ministry is messy. I've had women say, oh, I want to do prison ministry. I said, you sure? Are you sure about that? You're going to see it, smell it, taste it. All of your your senses are going to be assaulted. You're going to be okay with two women in the back making out? 
of class? You going to be okay with some very, very, very colorful words during Bible study? It's just what they know. It's who they are. You love them through that. You can't be offended. They're of the world. They don't know. Their eyes are covered. I had one woman start. I'll never forget this. It still just breaks me. We hadn't even started Bible study yet, and she's crying. She sits down. She's in tears. She comes out. She's like, she starts crying. I'm like, wait, what are you crying for? We haven't even started. She said, you smell good. And I said, what? She said, you just smell good. Church, I know that wasn't me. That was the fragrance of Christ on me. I don't care if it was the Dolce and Gabbana or lotion or whatever. But she saw Jesus. The fragrance, is the fragrance of Christ upon you? Or do you reek like the rest of the church that like thumbs their nose and their, their fingers at everybody? Because that is staunch in the, in the eyes and the nose of the world. They're all looking for help. We are he here. Do you take that seriously? You are the ambassador for the king of all kings. Amen. Church, come on. Yeah. Do you look like him? Do you act like him? Do you talk like him? Do you touch like him? Do you go places that he would go? We're like, oh, no, we can't do that. We're Christian. Are you a Christian or are you a Christ follower? Because sometimes there's a big difference there. One of the things, and, and Rob and Nita, and we can share this, and your, your pastor, I want to tell you, is one of the, the few, I want to, I'm just going to tell on this, on this county. So if you, if you repeat this, I'll tell them you lie, okay? <laughs> For two years, I've been trying to gather the churches of Logan County. It's not that I don't think I've done a very good job. It's I'm so saddened by how little the churches want to work together. I am sickened by how little. I invited over 88 pastors to a pastor unity's luncheon. And I would say this to all of them if they were here in this room that they were invited. And I know people are busy. It was like giving birth to get 25 there. And I had to start calling on people like Nita, who were just ministry leaders in our community. Your pastor is one leading the charge. Amen. Yeah. One of the few in this county. There's over 100 churches in this county. 100 in this... Jesus, do you know what we could do with a hundred churches? Oh, my goodness. So, church, I don't know how many sits here today, 
And maybe it's you and me that are having this conversation because God says, I see this little church out in the middle of the cornfield, Shannon, and I want you to go sit there and I want you to talk to them and I want you to give them the charge that the time is now, the harvest is ripe and the workers are few. And I see men and women that have the heart to go and save my people. Amen? Amen, church. You've got a pastor who's willing to do that. There are few and far between in this county. I'm not talking the state. I'm not talking the nation. In this little podunk county. And we can't work together. Shame on us. I wish in the two, when I started two years ago, I wish for anything I would have not said, let's do the work of the church. Because you know what I see now? 2,000 years ago, nothing has changed, right? Because it was the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the church people, who thumbed their noses at all those who were sick and hurting, right? Right? I wish I would have said, let's do the work of Jesus. Because we'll go on to say, strength is for service, not status. This is not for a Facebook-like, Instagram, or how many followers you have. Some churches are, and people are almost dislocating their shoulders because we're patting ourselves on the back so hard. It's like, did you see that we did this, this luncheon? Did you see we fed this? Someone asked me, where are you going to pass out food when you become the director? I said, I'm not passing out any more food. We have 42 food banks in Logan County. We do not need any more food during COVID. I want to get in the trenches. I want to help the people. I want to walk amongst them. Would this church be willing to rise up out of every church in Logan County and say, here I am, Lord? I hope so. I hope you knock down my Facebook, my phone, my DM, and say, Shannon, here we are. Here we are. What can we do to help? Because in September, this is over. We've sent out a letter, and there's been no response. Do we want to continue the work of the church? Wow. Isn't that sad? So sad. But for me and my house, church, we will serve the Lord. And he will have a remnant. He will have a very, a remnant is a small piece. He will have a remnant. His work is going to go forth. It is going to go forth. So you know what? Poo-poo on those pastors that don't want to be. Okay. No, that's okay. I'm going. I'm going to continue, and I'm not saying they're not doing the work. I'm not. Please don't. Please don't. I'm not dogging anybody, but I'm just being real because it's been a real frustration. We do have a good handful of churches that are willing, and they're saying, yes, Lord, we want to do something. So, you know, Jesus took 12 men and changed the entire world. He may take 12 churches in Logan County. we got about seven right now that are willing. I don't know how many are here, maybe 75, 100. Could you imagine what he could just do right here? If you were just the only Jesus that somebody could ever see. Each of you, each of you play a vital role. I don't care how old you are. Those of you who are more mature, you, could, you don't know how much a prayer and a card that came to our house during our worst days meant to us. Some of you have money and you're like, I have money. I don't have any family. I don't have anything to spend it on. Send gift cards. Food cards, gas cards, go pay someone's rent. 
One of the worst things someone has asked me is, how you doing, what can I do for you? I, I couldn't even breathe some days. Maybe you need someone's yard to be mowed. Just go mow it. Don't ask them. Just do it. I loved when people showed up and just food was on our, on our patio. The, the yard would get mowed. I had women say, oh, we're just coming to clean your house. Get out. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, don't say, how you doing? What can I do for you? No, just go do it. It wasn't about what was convenient. Maybe if you have a $100 grocery budget, maybe this week you fast a little bit and give the other 50, spend 50 on you, give 50 to somebody else. Say, hey, here's an Aldi's food card. Or, hey, here's a better, here's milk, bread, spaghetti, whatever's easy. Here's a Bob Evans meal. Be creative. One of the greatest things COVID did for us was to teach us how to think outside the box. Think outside the box, you guys. God gave us a mind of creativity. Do you know God wakes up every morning and is even more creative than the next day before? Look at the sunrises and the sunsets. He's not sitting there pushing repeat, repeat, repeat. Some of the sunsets have been phenomenal lately. I think he just goes and impresses himself. He's like, oh, what could I do today? We've had so many babies in the last five years in our family. Just look at them and you're like, oh my gosh, they're just so beautiful. He's a creative God. But strength is for service. I feel like there's a strength in this church. It's not for status. It's not for look at me. It's not the big fame and fortune church right now that we're seeing all over. It's to be about the work of the Lord. It says each one of us needs to look after the good of the people around us and ask ourselves, how can I help? Can you go to the next slide, please? How can I help? Verse 3 says that's exactly what Jesus did. Anybody got a WWJD bracelet on? Remember when those were real famous? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got the keychain? Well, here it is again. What would Jesus do? Well, that's exactly what Jesus did. He didn't make it convenient for himself. He walked out into the troubles of the troubles, it's going to say. It doesn't, that means he walked into the junk and the funk and the mess. He walked into a broken marriage. He would have walked into a prodigal life of a kid or a family who's reeling out of control. He would have walked into the mental health you're struggling with or the addiction. We just got to change the words from what it was 2,000 years ago. The demoniac had mental health. In today's time, all we're doing is diagnosing, labeling, and slapping them with a pill. Here you go. No. Sit down and find how you can help. If you need help with that, I've just written an amazing curriculum the Lord gave me years ago, did it with women, called Battle Ready, and the women were coming out freed and set free, and the men, uh, James is here from our church, they're like, what's happening out there? Our wives are coming home totally changed. So the men are like, well, we want in. I said, okay, let's, I'll teach you guys too. And now the Lord's put upon my heart to get it to the kids. It's called the GOAT program. Some of you know, you young kids, it's not a Tom Brady. It's the greatest of all time. Jesus was the greatest of all time. 
But I did it for the, just to capture a kid, because they know what the goat is. You got to get to the level of where people are. Don't be so, so church-minded that they're like, what, what is that? Is that Japanese or Chinese? I, like, I don't understand. No, I think if Jesus was with us today, he'd be sitting here and having pizza and Coke with our young people who are going on a mission trip. He'd put on his converse and he would put his ponytail back and he'd jet. And he'd sit down with him, wouldn't he? Wouldn't he? He would talk to you. He'd have a cool t-shirt and probably some ripped up jeans. I know he would because he met people where they were. He did not make it so that you could, he was not an untouchable. What drew those people to him? It was the Pharisees and Sadducees that everybody was like, oh, those were the church people. Jesus drew them in his love. He met them where they were. He didn't care about what side of the tracks or their pedigree or, or if they had been in church or what drug they used last night or who they slept with the night before. Did he not meet the woman at the well? That's right, he did. He said, the man you're even with isn't even your husband, so go back. And I truly believe, and this is Shannon Meyer theology, so you can say whatever you want to say, but when the woman was caught into the, to the act of adultery, now remember, church, she was caught in the act. Do you think she was fully dressed when those men drug her out? Let's think about that. Let's just pretend, go there for a minute. I do not believe she was fully dressed. My thought and theory, and Jesus will tell me different when I get there, or tell me to stop saying this, but I can't help but think, did he lean down and help cover her up when he decided to write something in the sand? Could he have been shielding her with her naked body? And maybe drawing their eyes to what he was writing instead of on her naked body? Because that's the Jesus I know. That's the grace he pours over us. He doesn't say, I see all your sin. Shame on you. He says, come here. Come here. I, I don't want you doing that anymore. That lifestyle is going to bring death to you. I want you to go and sin no more. He doesn't say, how many men have you been with? How many abortions have you had? What did you smoke last night? How many times did you cheat on a test? That will come later. Don't worry. If the grace train runs over you, he will wreck you. <laughs> he will. He's got to catch you first, right? How do you attract a bear? With honey. My husband went bear hunting last year. I had, I can't tell this publicly, but I can tell it privately. We had some attraction for the bear. Let's just say that. I was going to put something on Facebook, and Scott's like, no, that's illegal. <laughs> So let's just say we had some attraction for the bear. Okay, you all can figure it out. He's shaking his head going, stop, stop. <laughs> <laughs> J 
Jesus will capture you, capture you with his heart and his love. He wants to heal you everywhere you hurt. Somebody needs to hear that today. Somebody in here is, is, is a great Christ follower, and they're saying, Shannon, if you knew my story and what I've done, this church would burn me at the stake. Me too. I think sometimes those are the two greatest words in the American language. Me too. Is it not Jesus who came to this earth for one reason? So he could experience what we would experience. So Jesus could say, me too. If, if you have some deep, dark secret that you're like, no, I can't share this with anybody. Could I just encourage you to go to the Father today and let him say, me too. Some of you are in terrible marriages and you're like, you don't even know what it's like. You, you never got married. He's like, the church is my bride. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He knows what it's like to have a wayward, adulterous spouse. The church is doing a wonderful do- a job with that. Jesus knows exactly what a troubled married life is like. Well, Jesus, you never had children. Really? I got all you. (laughs) Bunch of prodigals. It's trouble with your parents. They didn't understand him either. Founding him in the temple, saying, why did you do what you did? We've been looking for you. He's like, I've just been busy about my father's work. The church people misunderstood him. Everybody misunderstood him. But Jesus says to you today, me too. He's wading out into the troubles of your troubles, and he wants to be there for you. But friends, he's also asking us to be there for them. If you've accepted Christ into your heart, and I mean truly accepted him into your heart, surrendered your life to him today or days in the past and said, Lord, I give everything to you. Wreck my world. You talk about a dangerous prayer. But I want to tell you something. I stand here today the most joy-filled, not because my life is perfect or everything is right, because it is far, far from it. I have many issues and problems in my life, right along with yours. But because the Lord got a hold of me and said, Shannon, when you're done with all of you, I'd love to just take over and do something with your life and make your mess my message. Is there anybody here today willing to do that? To be able to allow the God of this universe, if he could use a donkey, you guys, he could use this girl who was a broken, torn apart, wretched girl, woman. It's not too late no matter what you've done. It is not too late. 
The cross covers it all. All. Give me your list and I'll say the cross. The cross. The cross. The cross. I had a woman at my battle ready one time say, my sin is greater than what, for, than, than what Jesus did on the cross. I said, really? She said, oh, yeah, he can't forgive me. I said, really? I said, so you're telling me what he did on the cross, what you did, is greater than what he did on the cross. And she looked at me. I said, think about that. Friends, our sin, I know, we sit in our wallow in our guilt and shame, and that is the lie of the enemy. He wants us to stay there. I just want to encourage you today to come out and live the life that Christ died to give you. John 10.10 10 says, I have come, the thief has come, the enemy, to kill, steal, and destroy, correct? But it's 10B, John 10B, that says, but I have come, I have come to give you life and to the full. And you can have life while you're dealing with cancer. You can have life when you've lost a loved one from COVID. You can still have life to the fullest when your child is out there and you're praying and you're praying and you're praying. There's not a prerequisite if your life is in order and it's rainbows and unicorns and it all goes well. No, he says, I have come to give you life into the fullest. That doesn't put a Mercedes in your house and 2.4 children with a white picket fence and a corporate job with an all-window office. That, that's not that life. That's what the world is offering us, and it is just all flittering away. Are you willing to be like Jesus that we see here in Romans 15? Are you willing to not make it convenient for yourself? Because I'm learning the more convenient I make it for me, the more it is about me. When it's tough and it's hard and it's challenging, that means I have to lean on his everlasting arms. Remember, less of me more of him. I want to encourage you, church, today, if you don't know him or you're not sure, don't leave here today not knowing with 110% certainty if Jesus were to open those eastern skies today that you're not going. And remember this. You may be the only Jesus that someone will ever see. And I guarantee you, you are the only Bible that somebody is reading today. How you sounding? How you looking? What will your story be when you get to heaven? How many people will be there because of you? Hard questions, but real questions that I think we are in a day and age that we better start facing them. And even if the church falls away, God says, I will have a people. I will have a remnant that will serve me regardless. 
So I'm not going to get jammed up on the Logan County Coalition and churches not wanting to unify. That's okay. I just want to say there's no denomination in, in heaven. <laughs> we are under one church, and his name is Jesus Christ. There will not be a marquee outside the pearly gates. One church, one people, his people, and one king. Let's pray. Father God, thank you, Lord, for this amazing time with these incredible people here, Lord, that just have a heart for you. I can feel it here, Lord. That want to serve you, that want to do the work of their father. But Lord, I just ask today, if there be someone here today that does not know you as your personal, their personal savior, Lord, I just, I I don't want any hands raised, but I just want you to look at me right now. If you're not sure, 110% that if Jesus were to come back today, I need to know my job has been done here, that I brought the word of God to your house, Lord, and that everyone here is secure in their faith. If not, Lord, prick their heart. Give them the courage to come see me. Nita, Pastor Rob, don't take for granted that you've got a lot of time. None of us are promised tomorrow. Father God, have your way with us, Lord. Thank you for this service, this church. Let us go home, Lord, and just spend some time at your feet. As you've brought the word, Lord, not me. Let it prick our hearts to continue to do your work. Lord, we love you and we praise you. And all of God's children said, amen. Thank you.